When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Well, here we are. Just a bunch of 30-year-olds. Look, turning 30 is not that big a deal. Oh, really? Is that how you felt when you turned 30? Why, God, why? I want to be 30. 30 and flirty and thriving. Oh, my God. The, having a baby at 37 was so much harder. 30 years old? Jesus Christ, somebody get this geriatric some Metanusel. Why is everyone make such a big fuss about turning 30? Deal. 30 is when I feel like my life started making sense. I definitely know more now that I'm 38. Here are some things that I've learned in my 30s. Oh, are we excited, Christy? We are so excited. Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, the series. Uh, I'm Christy Hayes. I'm you, Justin Coombs Pierce. Uh, you might have seen me before on your television screens or watched me on Home and Away in the role of Kirsty that I played for over a decade. Mm. Maybe you've heard me as an on air breakfast host, which I've been for a few years now. Also, maybe you've read my published articles on parenting before, or maybe you don't know who the fuck I am, which is totally fine too. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> All you need to know is that I'm a woman in my 30s, I won't say how old, very excited about doing this series, Talk 30 to Me, uh, all about what I've learnt in life and what I can keep being taught. And one of the people who does teach me joins me as my co-host on this series. He is a radio host, he has his own television show, he's a stand-up comedian, or a sit-down comedian in this case. His Hopefully. name is Justin Kims Pierce, he's also my husband. <laughs> it's going well so See, far, I do know it? who you are. <laughs> and I'm sure you've watched Home and Away as well, right? <laughs> yeah, but I was a fan of other people. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But how excited are we about doing this series? Uh, what I hope is all about teaching other the people tips and tricks throughout growing up and aging. Getting How do you teach a young person something? They already know everything. I know and that's the thing. When I was in my 20s I honestly did think that I knew everything mm. and really in hindsight I, I knew absolutely nothing. I'm probably still at that level of knowing absolutely nothing but we'll see how we go. Still no, learning I, I, as we go along. I agree with you completely 100%. <laughs> <laughs> now of course uh, each week we're going to find out different journeys of different guests. We'll get different people on the show and find out what they've learned in their 20s and what they now know in their 30s or beyond. That's right. And I think, look, there's a lot of podcasts out there. Let's own the fact that everybody's making a podcast series. Mm. But I think that no matter what, no matter what's... You're trying to tell us... We're not the first. <laughs> Would you believe it? <laughs> I think that there's a lot to be learned. You know, I'm one of those people in life that just, there's never too much knowledge. I think we can learn so much from people and learn a lot more about ourselves every single day, really. So, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And I like to think that I've picked up some things in, in my younger years and ideally will keep learning throughout my older years. There's some cool people that we're going to have on this show, people that you'll know, people that have lived a tremendous story. Uh, my new husband, Justin, is one of them. He has a very cool story on his own accord, which we'll find 
find out about you. But apparently we're going to start this episode with you having a chat to me, Justin. Yes, our host, our superstar behind the microphone, Christy Hayes. Aww. And yes, my wife, my Aww. partner in crime. So I'm going to ask you some questions that normally I would get in trouble for asking you, I think. <laughs> uh, Just don't ask me exactly how old I am. certain things that sometimes I don't even want to know the answer to. <laughs> no, Because right? it takes me on a path that I just really, uh, I really don't want to go down that path of discovery. But this time around, we want everyone to find out all about you. And uh, got a, a series of questions that we're probably going to guide us with a lot of our guests. So we figured if we're going to ask our guests to answer these questions and expect mm. them to answer them and answer them honestly, we figured maybe we should. Well, what do they say? A captain has to go down with his ship, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that I think this series will sink, but I think you get the gist, you know. Well, if it does, <laughs> I can't swim, so I'm going to be the first gone. <laughs> All righty, so here we go. So question number one, put your thinking hat on for this one, Christy. What's something you know now that you wish you knew in your 20s? You know, when you're in your 20s, like you said, it is that decade where you do think you know everything. But your 20s, you're, I think that either you have it together or you don't have it together, which is completely fine too. Well, maybe you don't even know what you're doing. I was certainly one of those people. Throughout my 20s, I was so desperate to be a grown-up and accumulate the success that I wanted to have in life, be it personal success, professional success, uh, getting married, having babies, financial success. You know, I wanted it all. And I think I didn't realise when I was in my 20s how much time we actually have to collate all of that stuff. I used to be so impulsive when I was growing up and just do what I thought was the right thing to do without not much thought about ramifications. Has that changed? I mean, (laughs) I think... Really? (laughs) Well, I don't know. You tell me we're married, right? Keep going. This is your journey. I mean, I think... But you're right. I think so. I think that that's a personality thing. But I think that that's also an age thing. You know, I think it also comes down to when I grew up on television. I grew up very quickly, and I was always in such. You were a Dickie Roberts, weren't you? A child star. <laughs> I can't believe you just called me a child star. The worst part is I'm a former child star. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, women. I think uh, have this thing that we are programmed to have it all. And that's fine because I do believe you can have it all, but I don't think you can have it all at the same time. And I think that we don't allow enough, enough breathing space for us to, to, like I said, accumulate all the things that we want to have. So, I mean, for me specifically in my 20s, God, I wish I could go back and not get married. You know, I got married for the first time when I was 21 years old. Mm-hmm. I also got married again when I was 20, uh, 26, 27. And when I say that, I don't even mean to negate my marriages. It's not like I didn't love the men that I was with. I didn't know who I was. I mean, how the hell can you give your life to someone without really even knowing what you're doing yourself? I don't know, Elizabeth Taylor. You tell us. (laughs) Just because I'm married for the third time now, okay. But... But I really do feel like there were practice runs, you know. I, I, I learned about who I was and, and what made me happy and what didn't work. And obviously I feel a lot of guilt for, you know, the fact that I I might have hurt people before in my life not being ready to commit to what I did commit to when it wasn't the right thing to do at the time. You know, if I could go back into my 20s, I'd, I'd stay at home. I'd pick, yeah. up, I'd pick up a musical instrument. I'd go and learn another language. Like this ridiculous bullshit that we feel we have to leave straight away. I mean, there's nothing else. It's there's You don't have to rush out into adulthood. It's all there. You you will at some point in but life. But you rushed out into adulthood in your teens. I did, you know, and I think because of that, I was always so programmed about having independence. Like I started home and away. When I was a kid, I used to get driven everywhere and I didn't have to worry about money. I mean, I don't normally talk about money in life and I'm quite private about that because people, you know, I think it's important to be humble. But I was 14, 15 and raking in like 
clearing $2,000, $3,000 a week. I mean, I, and naturally as I grew up, even though I had people that were very I wasn't doing around that, me. working in a pizza shop. <laughs> but, she, but she probably had a balanced response to money. I think I was making 70 bucks a week. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad though. At least you worked. There's a lot of kids out there that don't want to work. And I did enjoy working, but I think that kind of maybe if anything – it gave me a false sensehood of what you are when you're an adult, if, if that makes sense. And everything, like I just said, is waiting there for you. You will at some point get a mortgage. You'll get an electricity bill. Don't feel this need to rush out and be impulsive and make decisions based on the fact that you're now in your 20s because there is so much time. I think ahead. one of the biggest motivators for that is people just, and especially at that age, you've been told what to do for so long. Well, the, well you feel for so long because you don't realise that you've got such a massive life ahead of you mm. and people are going to continue to tell you what to do anyway. But I think you just want that independence. I think everyone's just yeah. itching for that independence. Absolutely. They? Your parents tell you what to do. You get to the age when you're 18 and you can say, well, fuck you, I can do what I want. Then you go out and you become 22, 23 and you go, oh my God, I have so much option and choice. I'm just going to, I want to utilise these choices. And then you settle into those choices and you go, oh, you know what, was it the best one? And don't get me wrong, I applaud. There's nothing wrong with making wrong choices. No, oh God, no. And you know what, I put my hand up and I say, I absolutely have made many wrong choices in my life, but thank God for those choices. Mm. A, how lucky are we that we have them? And B, they really do define who you are. And I'm sure in 10 years' time, I'll look back and say that I made a lot of wrong choices now. I mean, hopefully that my third marriage isn't one of them. (laughs) And I'm confident that it's not. We'll find out as the series continues anyway. It'll make for some uh, interesting listening if it does become a problem. Now, okay, so when you were young, you were basically living your dream at that point, weren't Mm. you? I mean, you're acting, you're on TV, um, you're quite successful. But uh, what did you think you were going to be in your 20s when you were young? Well, I think because I had worked really hard from when I was a little girl, like I got my first commercial when I was like eight or nine. I I flew to New Zealand. I still remember it. My mum and I went. It was for a commercial called Landlieb, a German yogurt brand. Um, And then I did my- I believe Deb pocketed the money for that one Yeah, I never saw that money. What the hell my mum did with that money? Uh, And anyway, I- um, and by the way, when I talk about these TV shows, I don't do it to look like a wanker. It's just because it was the experience. Yeah, you master it. <laughs> Learn from the best. Um, started doing that when I was about eleven. That TV show, Treasure Island, and then on Home and Away, I was thirteen when I was cast. And so I grew up really quickly. But I think more so, I just had this idea that that acting work would always just sort of come to me mm. because I was really lucky, and it did. And um, obviously, not many people have steady employment within in the acting world in Australia, more so because particularly in that time, this was the days before Netflix and stand yeah, yeah, and streaming. Like you had three television stations: Channel Seven, Channel Nine, Channel Ten. Putting aside ABC and SBS, and if you got a gig on one of those shows, you were lucky. So I think that I always just hoped that I would leave Home No at eighteen. I'd go to America and yeah. I'd crack the US market because for some reason I've – and, you know, the fact that I want to make it as an actress is actually a pain in the ass. I won't lie. Yeah. I wish it would go away because it's just this thing that you have in you where you just don't feel fulfilled unless you're really pushing yourself and working in your chosen profession at the highest level that you can. And maybe that's with every profession, obviously. But I did think that in my 20s I would um, I would have done something a lot more now. I'm grateful for my career. I love my mm. career. You know, I mean, I loved my time with Neighbours last year and I'm a radio host and everything's come together really well and I like to think that I've still got a lot of time ahead. But I'd li- I I'd let- say at least three or four years. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so that's the thing with women though, particularly women in their 30s. It's like men – and this is not a, a sexism thing and I actually do – you know, I th- congratulations, dudes, because you guys do have this thing where you don't really seem to have a, a limit on what you can do, and people don't. I believe that is changing. 
Well, and not, not not for the not for the, the words. Yeah. I think women. I, I think now. I don't think age is a factor anymore. I think uh, I think the world has really opened up, and we've seen the world develop so much over the past few years. I still think the it's very much a boys' club in a lot of ways, and I'm very pro female. You know, in the industry, that's he for is. Sure. That's why I married him. He's very pro female in the female movement. Um, and uh, you know, we're seeing change. It needs to change more. Absolutely. But uh, hopefully, um, you know, as time goes on, it, it just continues to change. And I think, like you mentioned before, with the, especially with the introduction of Netflix and Stan and Prime and Apple TV and all these other big production companies now that are actually going back to producing good quality content as opposed to just going for the ratings and hoping that people are going to tune in for half an hour every week, I think the world has really opened up for that. And we're seeing, a, you know, a lot more talent come through and people based well their success based on talent and not based on what they look like or their age or you know whether they fit a mold or anything like that and I mean you could disagree with me but that's that's how I see it no I actually do agree with you and I think that that you know ergo this series I think that long gone are the days where we only look to to young 18 year olds in their 20s to go and see on in, in movies you know long gone are the days where women just want to watch teenagers and girls in their 20s tell stories hence you have television shows like Grace and Frankie be mm. such a huge success with Jane Fonda and, and Lily Tomlin who were both 80 I yeah. believe and this series is all about the exploration of why aging is actually a wonderful thing and how we can retrospectively look back and see what we've learned and try and implement that moving forward. Um, uh, I'm actually, and never discount life experience. That's the thing. You you know, I can sit here and, and I'm so grateful for what I learned in my 20s. And at the time, I do remember that every single thing I did, I did want to do, you know. No one put a gun to my head to make choices, be be great choices or poor choices. Life experience is, is really invaluable. But I do think that there's, you know, there's always that thing of hindsight. However, I think it's about how we can take our hindsight and use it moving forward to kind of be our best our best self in my 20s though you know i wish that i just worked on myself but hey that's what your 30s are for right all right so when you clicked over to 30 yeah what was something that debunked something you believed all throughout your 20s that you realized was just a total load of shit well you're a kid still i mean in your 20s you just feel like you're a woman you've got to have it you've got to do it now you know i've got to have the baby now i've got to have the marriage now i have to do this now then you turn 30 and you go oh fuck what was i worried about it was just a birthday (laughs) You know, um, I actually really enjoyed my 30th birthday. A lot of women I, I have seen and, and friends of mine as well woke up, oh, my God, I'm so depressed. I've blah, got to blah, admit, blah. I, I hit the depression button on my 30th birthday. You did? And you still, you've still kept that button down, haven't you? <laughs> no, well, when I turned 40, I was fine. Like, yeah. uh, you know, the age didn't bother me. I think 30 was, was my milestone, I think, where I went, oh, all right. Um, but now it's like, no. I mean, look, look at me. I, I dress like I drink, like a 16-year-old boy. I, I mean, know. I'm, you know, I still don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. Yeah, you, you, are, the most, you are the most youthful person I know. Um, and I learn a lot from you, from you in that regard. I think it's really empowering and really cool when you cannot take yourself too seriously and be defined by the age that you are and just take life as it comes, which is, I think, what the, the compatibility of you and I is. You know, I sometimes get really stressed about this way it should be done and quite a perfectionist in little ways and you are really lax and sometimes we argue about that. Um, but okay, sometimes <laughs> he shits me. He never hangs towels up. He's really messy. But I let the little things that is slide, not right? true because but... because when you realise that you're onto a good thing and it complements your life and you can have a great partnership um, with your best friend, you know. I mean, I think that the stuff in my twenties that I went through, 
made it all worthwhile. And what debunked the theory of 20s versus 30s was this ridiculous notion that we are too past the use-by date to get anything done and also that we had to know anything. I mean, there's nothing wrong with figuring out your career in 30 or starting a profession again. For instance, I started Breakfast Radio when I was 29. Mm. I'd never really done it. I'd done an interview before with Rove McManus and I'd gone on the morning show a few times, but my background was acting. So I didn't do radio. I didn't know anything about radio. And then this opportunity came along before I turned 30 and I thought, oh my God, is, is the universe now directing me in a completely different way? Am I meant to forget about acting? What's going to happen? But I embraced it and I tried my best and, you know you can seriously overthink things as much as you want, but you don't have to have all the answers and you don't need to figure everything out in a day. Even if you have a shit day at work and you want to quit because you're getting trouble or whatever, like time has this beautiful way of just sorting stuff out. I think reinventing yourself when you can, if that's in your thirties or your forties or your twenties, some women in their twenties have their stuff together. And I really do think that's fucking cool because I certainly never did, but there is a beauty in getting a little bit older, a little bit more confident and not caring about trying different things. And that's what I started to do in my 30s. Uh, I also became a mum in my late 20s. And I think when I became a mother, I stopped caring so much about the the outside world and what was out there mm. for me. You know, you don't give a fuck when you've got a newborn baby. You've got to change nappies and, and put them to sleep. You know, the world sort of stops. Do the same thing with an, an older husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing's really changed in my life for the last six years. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's all about evolving and, and there's, there's embrace your 30s. Being 30s, you know, being 34, I'm a 34-year-old woman. I turned 35 in a couple of months. Uh, as it stands, I'm actually technically unemployed. I don't have a job. Fun employed. Fun employed, as we call it. By choice, I'd like to say I quit my job, I quit my last job. But, you know, the 20s me would stress about this, whereas the 30s Christy now, everything is going to be fine. Fine and dandy, as they say. Now, you can answer uh, either one or both of these questions. Okay. okay. It, it is up to you. So, all right. All right. What was the best or the worst piece of advice you were given in your 20s? I didn't really listen to the bad advice. I tried to not take But that you may not have known it was bad advice when it was given to you. Well, that's true as well. I just do remember something along the lines of how much 24 hours difference can make in your life, how much you can actually achieve if you want to. And one thing in my 20s, I had super, super bad anxiety. I went through phases where I earned money, then didn't earn money, and I was stressed about rent. Or I never really got the right balance with being organised. In my 20s, I was really, really, really highly anxious. I let that go as I – actually, particularly when I had kids, and I just went, fuck, there's so much more to worry about. But in my 20s, I yeah, I was really anxious, and I learnt the art of what I call – and you know about this in our life together, Justin, because I talk about this all the time – is writing stuff down. Yes. Yes, getting out of your own head. Now, I'm talking about this. If you have – a a bill that you need to pay or if you have a phone call that you need to make or if you have an ambition or a goal that you want to achieve, if you write down, now let me get my maths right, three things a day, that's 21 things a week, if I'm correct. 21 things a week is 86 things a month. You're telling the story. I think. (laughs) I mean, look at that. Just by making tiny little little things like that in your life and taking control of your life, being on top of your choices and not letting your choices be on top of you was probably the best thing that and I learned. 84 things, by the way. 84 things, was it? Oh, shit, I was pretty four, Over four weeks. Yeah. Whatever, you get, yeah. the, you get the gist, okay? Let's not overthink the maths. <laughs> <laughs> the idea is that you just take control of the things that you can control. I mean, if you have your health and the people you love have that, their health and you've got a roof over your head and Netflix, I mean, there's really nothing more out there in life that you are missing out on. So just, just get yourself emotionally organised and, and seek help when you need to. Mental health was a big thing for me. 
I hated my anxiety. I think it's I've got to a place now where I've got it under control. But that was definitely advice that I cherished. And the bad advice of people telling me not to worry about being an actress and whatnot, I never listened to. Maybe in hindsight, You're I very lucky, though, because uh, we'll go back to talking about, about your mum, Deb. You're very lucky that you've had a very supportive mother in your career. Yeah, no, I am. As much as I love my mother and she shits me at times, but... You know, like my mum was the mum when I had – when I went to her and said, I want to be an actress, okay, darling, let's do it. I, and would drive me to castings and never came from a place of being a stage mother. Yeah. And my mum was born in 1959. Like it's also a generational thing which could have gone a different way where she She's was gonna like – going to hate that you just told everyone her age. Yeah, she looks great though, whatever. And I'll be honest about this. My ex-husband's mums, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my ex-mother's-in-law – Whilst we're lovely to me throughout relationships or any guy's mother that I've been with, the dads always loved me and the mothers, they liked me, but they didn't really, no, but they didn't get it because yeah. they were all from the world of, they it's a different generation. and they it's cooked a, yeah, and they cleaned yeah. They were like, what the hell your wife you, or your partner or your wife wants to go to Hollywood and make it, yeah, come on, or is on television. Like they didn't get it, you know. And so I always find myself so, sort of dumbing down what I wanted to do and, and minimising ambition and, and not being proud of things that I had. And obviously in life I've always tried to be humble and stuff. It's like, God, I don't think I've done anything particularly great. There's so much stuff I want to do in my life. But, um, yeah, I think women didn't really have the permission to be ambitious like we do nowadays. And so because of the freedoms that we're starting to have and liberations that we can have with our profession, I mean, I don't think we need to listen to societal bullshit that says we need to, to not do or f- at least try to do what we want to do. So we've got one last question that I want you to answer now. Have a think about this one. Who do you think you're going to be in 10 years' time? Well, uh, I know that I'll definitely be Hendrix and Harley's mum. I'm positive that I'll still be your wife. And, I I mean, I'd like to have another baby, which we know. But in terms of who I want to be, I just think – I want to be the 40-year-old or 44-year-old who has learned from lessons in life, who isn't scared of trying what she wants to do and most importantly, being a good person who helps people. You know, I have this thing in life where I swear I have this sign on my head that says, tell me your life problems because yeah. a lot of people do come up to me and yeah. download with me and they tell me everything and that's something that I do wear with, with pride. You know, it's an honour that people feel that they can open up to me and I certainly don't take that for granted. And to be honest, I'm still trying to figure out what to do with that. Like I thought, you know, we've talked about this. Am I supposed to go out and become a psychologist? Am I supposed to get a degree in life coaching? So I actually have practical tools here. I mean, I don't know if you've seen it, but have you seen SVU with Mariska Haggerty? Yes, of course I've seen SVU. Right. So Mariska Haggerty in real life I read um, after everybody went up to her on the street and spoke about what they went through in their personal life. Yeah. SVU is special victims units and a lot of people – it's obviously a show about sexual assault. People go up to her on the street and tell her what happened yeah. and say, I wish the police officer I dealt with had your compassion – and so she went out and started this tremendous charity and this foundation, which was all about getting people diving with dolphins. And it was all about this therapeutic way to move forward with trauma uh, and coach yourself. I don't yourself. trust dolphins. <laughs> you, that's what she took from that? Seriously, that you don't trust dolphins? I don't trust them. Out of all the animals in the sea, dolphins, the ones you don't trust? Too smart. Too smart. Yeah, yeah well. Gives the dumb ones. <laughs> don't trust them. Um, but I think, you know, the older I've got, the more I've calmed down. I've made a, a lot of mistakes in my life and I've been through a lot of, um, you know, traumas in relationships, one in particular. And I went through a lot of grief with my, you know, custody of my children and, and things that I wanted to have sorted in life and being too damn nice at times to have my life in the, in the right way that it should have unfolded, if that makes sense. So we'll see what happens in the next 10 years. But what I choose now is a bit of calm, 
Stop stressing about the little things and um, write stuff down. Three things a day is 21 things a week. It's 84 <laughs> things a month. And all you right. can achieve a lot. Well, there we go. So we found out now all about – well, I think we've only really touched the service of Christy Hayes because I know Christy probably better than most people, obviously, um, because she's constantly talking and <laughs> – it's generally about herself. So that's, that's not <laughs> true. That is not true. I do, I hate talking about myself. Even during this episode, I was like, I don't want to sit there and talk about yeah, myself. It came so naturally. <laughs> it's my job. Well, it used to be my job. All right. Well, um, well, we're going to do this. This series is all going to be about discovering these journeys of other people. Like we're going to get on some fantastic guests over the coming weeks too. So very very excited about that. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Talk 30 to me, all about what we've learned in our 20s, all about what we are learning in our 30s, or in my now husband case, Justin, what he learned uh, in, I think, his 40s as well. This show is all about trying to give you practical tools in your life and just have a chat about what might be relating to where you are, what we can help with, what we should have known, what we wish we did do, wish what we wish we hadn't have done. I think that's more to the point, isn't it, really? I think, I think we're probably looking back at the things that maybe we shouldn't have done or maybe <laughs> we didn't actually know or maybe we didn't do right. Yeah, especially in your case as opposed to all of us going oh, I was very successful in my <laughs> 20s and I've just built from there listen I want to say you know if you are in your 20s and you've got your stuff together I am so proud Kudos of to you, you. Yeah. yeah you know but can I tell you can I just can I be honest and mm. say if you're in your 20s and you've got your stuff together and you believe that you've got your stuff together there's a good chance you haven't yeah <laughs> and a good chance you're going to find in a few years time that oh shit I didn't really know anything <laughs> you've just shred half our audience there so thank you for that but we do we do want to sort of you know go to the next level I guess in life and just share our story and hope that it helps you with yours and on the first episode that you uh, you would have caught Justin and I sat down for a chat we spoke about my life what I'd learned throughout you know my 20s what I'm trying to, to we touched on the surface anyway I think there's a lot more to say but we yeah. will get there and and what you might not or you maybe have missed is Justin and I are actually married Justin and I met at our radio station that we worked at when we became a couple but Justin and I were friends first Justin mm. I always thought because Justin is so funny and Justin is so smart and I just thought he was so cool. I was drawn to him like a magnet. I mean, I was always trying to get him girlfriends. <laughs> and I was just flirting with you. And I didn't even know he was flirting with me. I mean, I had no idea. I was trying to see what my sister. I know. Remember that? I know. It's very weird. And I you know. keep bringing that up every time we see her. I actually still think you guys would be a good couple. So, you know, if things don't <laughs> yeah, work out Yeah, I don't think us. she agrees, nor her partner. <laughs> <laughs> but Justin does have a cool story. And, you know, I wanted to, to ask you some questions, Jay, because you are that person who has lived. You are, can I say, I think you're 44, is that right? 44, I'm 47. 45. Actually, this will really freak you out when you think oh of it God. this way. Because I know, because you have a bigger problem with my age than I do. Yeah, yeah. All right. You I'm actually will... closer to 60 than I am to 30. You don't need to do that. I didn't need to know that. I don't want to know my husband's almost 60. God. Oh, now I'm not gonna... almost 60. I just wasn't 30 uh, <laughs> yesterday. So can you remember your 20s? I mean, I, uh, well, yeah, there's a couple of factors that got in the way. Mm. Yeah, my 20s. What was something. Um, 
What do you reckon something that you know now is that you wish that you knew in your 20s? <laughs> that I was never going to get that big win when I gambled and it was only ever going to cost me money. Gambler, huh? Yeah. We've talked about this, obviously, in our private life. Yeah. And I know about your gambling history. I believe that you told me in the 90s Justin gambled and fucked. No. I think that's what I you I think did that's say. what you may have heard. I think I said gambled and drank, but uh, I would have never have said that. That is not the type of thing I would say. But yes, I um, yeah, look, I, I was a problem gambler. I had a, I had a uh, gambling addiction in my twenties. Don't have it now. Mm, no, you don't have it now. And I, I mean, I personally, being married to you, I'm glad about that. But this happened a long time before I met you, mm. and and you've talked to me in depth about gambling. And but I think it, life sort of drew me to that. What is it? What's a, what, looking what, what is that, it? Looking for that escape, looking for that uh, financial windfall, that freedom to be able to go and do things. And, you know, saving was never, or probably still is never still. really my thing. You know, I'm not a big one for lay-by. He I, does love afterpay yeah, and yeah. zip and all that crap, which we which well, we you know, maybe Well, you know, we live in an on-demand society now. Maybe I started that a little bit earlier than, uh, than most people. But, yeah, there's people going, what's lay-by? I've never heard of lay-by. <laughs> It's very much What's that. It's very much your generation. And my sister, Sarah, who yeah. I talked about, she loves lay-by as well. Yeah. And I worked in hotels and things like that throughout my, my 20s. So I used to drink and I used to gamble and um, used to, you know, hope to have a pocket full of cash, but generally walked around with an empty pocket knowing money and those sorts of things. It's uh, That's definitely something I learned in my 20s. I probably have a hell of a lot more money today mm. <laughs> if I didn't uh, if I didn't gamble it all, in my, gamble it all away in my 20s. What's like a, an average day for you? So you're in your 20s and you have this addiction to gambling because it is an addiction. Yeah. One that we are both very sympathetic to, of yeah, course. Yeah, absolutely. It no, is, no it judgment is at all. It is an addiction. It's, it's, it's like a drug. It's, it's, you get drawn to it for all different reasons. I mean, I, I see, you know, a lot of people get drawn to it just for that, uh, that high if they're playing the poker machines and those sorts of things. Others, you know, they're actually looking for, looking for something. It's escapism a lot of the time as well. It's very easy to escape into, you know, into that life. Like anything, it's, it is just like a drug. You get those highs. But unfortunately with, um, you know, with the highs, for every one high, there's probably five lows that go with it. So, mm. um, you know, it never really adds up. The, the house always wins, not the, not the punter, so... That's what they say, right? You no, know, they two punters walking into the race course, one said to the other, I hope I break even today because I need the money. Mm. You know? It's <laughs> Sorry, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh at that. But well, I, you know. But laughter it, is the best medicine, I guess. Yeah. And you've got through the other side and, and, and it's it's it, what I find still to this day fascinating is the problem culture that we have with gambling. And I can't sympathise with it personally too much because I've never had a problem mm. with it. All I can do is go off, you know, my own husband's oh, you experience. Are, you are totally anti-gambling. We're in Vegas. And mind you, I've been to Vegas, what, Two, two or three times, two times, and I never really gambled when I was there because I was over the whole gambling thing and mm. it didn't really interest me. I played a little bit of poker, but that was, that was more just for, for fun. We walked down into the um, gaming room of the Bellagio and I put $10 in a machine and you absolutely freaked out. It was like, $10? What are you doing? Well, get it out. Get it, it out. It's, it's not <laughs> How do we get it back? It's not $10. <laughs> it was like 20 US. I mean, whatever. You know, it's like $30 for us. So, yeah, of course, I, I you know, I, I am the thrifty one out of the two of us. But I do see how it can be so enticing for someone, particularly in Australia where you go somewhere and there's like, you know, we have this thing of Melbourne Cup and the millions of dollars that get bet in this country daily. I don't even know the statistics and I don't know what the government support is like for people trying to break that habit. But I can only imagine for someone in their 20s who is really still a kid, I'm imagining that you're hiding, are you mean are you hiding that problem from people? Are yeah, you, of course you are. You're, you're hiding it because you're not open about yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. But you think you know what you're doing. And we're going back, you know, I was in my 20s and the 90s. Mm. 
Mm. And the world's changed a lot, and the world changes, you know, every few years as far as, you know, opening up on stigmas and things like that. So, you know, in the 90s, you never went around to people in your 20s and say, oh, I've got a gambling problem. You just went around and punted. How, how does someone in their 20s or their 30s even look at trying to beat this problem? Well, um, I did that. I, I admit it. The first thing is you've got to admit that you've got a problem with any addiction. I mean, you've got to admit that you've got a problem first. If you think you've got it under control or you can sort it yourself, um, chances are you can't because you haven't already. That was just my experience. So, yeah, I, I sought help. I went and I, I saw I saw GPs, I saw psychologists, I went to a hypnotherapist, all sorts of things. And I've got to be 100% honest, I quit gambling like that. It wasn't – and none of that did any of that for me. It was just one day I woke up and went, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. That was – that's interesting because a lot of people, from my experience, with any addiction or when they need help, um, you know, drinking, drugs, smoke, whatever it might yeah. be, you, you sometimes have a low point. So did you not you, – you didn't really hit I that had low. a lot of low points, but maybe they just weren't low enough. It was quite, it was quite bizarre because I know that I tried to kick the habit for so many years, couldn't do it, and then one day I just could. And it was, it was just an instantaneous thing. And now I, there's no draw to me. I don't even get – Tempted when I when I go near it. It's just Unless we're a, in Vegas. Well, yeah, it's a bit different. You're in Vegas, you know, when in Rome type of thing. But uh, yes, please go on. <laughs> look, even in Vegas, it was a couple of bucks or here or there. I wasn't. I didn't want to spend time sitting down at the you know at a poker machine or at a roulette table and just putting all their hard earned money into that. Not to mention that I don't want to do it with you because you just draw a big downer on it. It's a big buzzkill, <laughs> really. So when I'm not around, you look know, there's, out. There's, there's different things I won't take you to: gambling <laughs> and fishing. They're the two things that I just won't take you. With me because you just put a downer on everything when, when we're there, and you know you go there for a bit of relief, and then you just go out feeling depressed. Thanks, and fishing darling. shouldn't be like that. It was because we went fishing one time, and I felt bad for the fishes. It's not like I was. Yeah, here I am be- getting excited. I pulled the fish out of the you know out of the witch Sundays, and I was pulling it out, and then oh poor fishy, I oh poor, and it's like oh, gee. and then I'm putting on this pressure trying to get the hook out of its mouth so I can get him back in. I and know, I just don't get it. I mean, I get the whole never thing. again, never again. No, yeah, that's fine by me. Um. I think it's one of those things where you, when you're young, you think that you have everything together. You know, you think that what you're doing is right, or at least sometimes you're self-aware enough to go, oh, maybe I'm not on the right path. But for me personally, I, you know, I knew when I was young that I wasn't fulfilling myself in my best self. Mm. When you were young, what did you think that you'd be in your 20s? Oh, look, I went to the Melbourne Radio School when I was 16. Mm. Now, I didn't get into radio as a profession, a proper profession, until I was 28. In my teens, I always thought it was uh, it was acting and radio. They were the two things uh, you know that I was going to do. Um, so you find yourself uh, in your twenties then spending a lot of time either unemployed or working in hotels, which is what I did, or I, you know, I sold suits and you know all different jobs uh, throughout my twenties. But but yeah, that's that what it was for me. I thought I was going to be successful in radio. I was going to be on you know. Radio in Melbourne because that's where I was growing up at the time, um, and you know all the people that I listened to on air that, that I idolised. I wanted to be one of them, uh, and also I, you know, I wanted to be on TV. I, you know, I, I wanted to be a TV actor, hence what you were in, you know, in those days. But well, you did extra work on Neighbours. Yeah, I did some extra work. I did some, <laughs> did some theatre work. I did, yeah. I did get to talk on <laughs> some things. <laughs> Not what I meant. <laughs> I'm very proud of you, of course. And I don't think people realise that the radio industry is yeah, I'm not. I, I, if you go to my resume, <laughs> the, the extra work is not written down on my on my resume. 
I was trying to say we were on the same show at various times in our life. Darling. Yes, we were, just not at the same time. That's right. But I don't think people realise in Australia. Um, I didn't have the body for Summer Bay, though, so <laughs> I was never going to get – I was never going to Summer Bay. There's no home and away for me. I just did not have the abs or, or anything, so – I'll try to put in a good word for you. Yeah. Get you some extra work. Um, and trust me, I've been up for doing extra work before. I've done it before. Radio is such a competitive industry. It's probably even more competitive than the acting industry, and I don't think people realise how hard it is to book, to book that great slot with a radio show. Yeah, it's, damn Kyle. He's I taken know, it all. He has, but, but Kyle, Kyle Sanderland's – he has an amazing story with radio yeah. because he didn't do what you did, which was go to radio school, to the best of my knowledge. Mm. I could be wrong, but from what I know about Kyle, he, um, you know, just this talent behind the microphone who just talks freely and is unfiltered, which is what you have to be in radio. And, I mean, I guess was what the, the premise of our podcast series is as well, is just speaking from the heart and applying life experience that you've learned and, and, and whatnot to your listener. And I think it's really brave, and God, I hate that word, but I think it's really cool that you can freely speak about something that a lot of people put their nose up to, which is a, a gambling addiction. Mm. And I think it's really great that you came out on the other side, and not just because we're married, and obviously it works for me financially. But, um, and I put a lot of money on this marriage working. <laughs> um, so let's talk about this. What did you find out when you turned 30 that sort of debunked the myth of what turning you know, turning 30s was. When you're in your 20s and you're turning 30, you know what? when I, did you go, you know what, this this wasn't true? What was that I you had about? to have all the answers in your 20s. I think that was definitely it because, you know, we and we'll talk about this a lot because I think a lot of people will have a very similar answer to this. So when you're in your 20s, you believe you've got you've to have all the answers. You've got to be setting yourself up for life. You've got to be doing all these things. But look, you've got to be realistic. In your 20s, you're still a kid. Just because you've had a couple of extra birthdays, it doesn't make you a, an expert on life. Uh, and it also doesn't mean that you have to have all the answers. And how great is that? What well, I use this phrase all the time. And yes, and I'll use it a lot. You know, and I still don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. Like, you know, when I'm 47, and yeah, we giggle along to that a little bit, but, but it's very true. I don't think you have to have all the answers in your 20s. You can get to 30 and you can reinvent yourself. You know, it's not too late to reinvent yourself. You and I have both done it multiple times where we've reinvented who we are and where we situate and position ourselves in life. And, and I think that, you know, turning 30, which was a, a really scary milestone for me, I was really scared about turning 30. And then uh, beyond that went, you know what, life actually really does kind of begin, at, you know, at that point. The best way to describe it is you a little more aware. You become a lot more self-aware. You become uh, a lot smarter. You realise that you didn't know everything and you still don't know everything and then there's still plenty more to learn. I think that's uh, that was definitely the thing uh, into my 30s, I think. That's why 30s are the new 20s. They are. They really are. So stay a kid while you're 20. <laughs> How did you feel on your 30th birthday? I was depressed. Well, that sounds fun. That sounds like a fun party to go to. Oh, it what was. a shame I missed that oh, one. I... I, I, I th- thought I was going to wake up my life was going to be over. Interesting because a lot of and I'm and I'm sorry to generalize, I wouldn't always expect that response from a man. Uh, I guess because from a woman's point of view, we always get told by the time we're 30 because women are the ones that carry the babies and we're the mm. ones that have to have the work-life balance with parenthood and I completely will own the fact that men are doing more of that too nowadays. But women in general would be the ones that you would would be worrying about turning 30s and I and I'm going to be honest, you're the first person I've ever spoke to um, that's a guy that told me that he was depressed on his 30th birthday. But that went out the window when I turned 40. Like, I, I wasn't as scared. Like, 30 was the birthday that I was scared, you know, more than anything. 
you know, it's a, it's a funny time too because when you get to that point, we're already past the millennium for me, you know, and it, and I'd sort of lived through that. You know, when you looked at 1999 as a kid was so far away and, you know, that was 21 years ago, 22 years ago now. So it was a pretty weird time, but it's really just a, it's just a number, I, I think, now. But, yeah, it was, it was very scary, very scary uh, going over that milestone, but that was the only birthday I've ever been afraid of. Mental health's always been something that's quite big for you as well, Justin. Yeah. When you and I were friends, well, we're still friends. We're actually, <laughs> we're still best friends, actually, along as husband and wife. But I remember in the privacy of our old um, work in the building that we worked at, you would often talk to me about even the fact that you had to take medication mm. and your depression and little things. I don't mean to minimise that, but things. Not great pickup lines. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't think you were flirting with me, by the way. The mental health journey that you've had, because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that you've taken medication and had depression now for over 20 years. Well over. But, and it all started with the gambling. Mm. Uh, you know, because obviously one of the, one of the um, effects of gambling was depression. It went along with that. So uh, medication was something that I was put on. So, yeah, I've been on antidepressants, every different type since well, – this is great, isn't it? Uh, since the mid-90s, I'd say. And how does it go for someone who's such a funny person – the person who's always making people laugh, Justin, he's very, very, very funny, as you'll get to know throughout this series, and he hasn't paid me to say that. The person that's the funniest and makes people laugh the most is actually sometimes the person carrying the most emotional burden, um, the person with the, the, the mental health struggles and the feelings of sadness and whatnot. Like the, the, the suicide rate that we have in Australia is, mm. is devastating, particularly to men. I'm immensely sympathetic to suicide, uh, as you can imagine. We all are. My birth father, my father, uh, took his own life mm. um, when I was only eight years old. And the, the, the suicide rate for men is scary. And I think that it's something that's probably, uh, you know, being a thought of yours in your life. So if, you know, the 20-year-old guy or the 25-year-old man or the 30-year-old woman is listening, you know, I mean, for someone who might have their mental health struggles, what did you learn and what do you hope that they can put into practice with their life to keep, you know, to keep moving forward and to try and find resolve on the other side? It's an ongoing daily thing. Uh, and this is – I mean, it's not a blanket response for everybody because everybody's um, journey is different. But one thing I can say is in all the low points – that I was, uh, that I went to, and there was, and there's been plenty of them over the years where you thought it's just never going to get any better. It does. That's the one thing I've learned. It does get better, and that's and becoming more self-aware uh, with things like that. That there is, uh, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. All these analogies we use, you know, um, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. All you know, all these sorts of things. You've just got to, you've got to push through. But that being said, don't try and do it on your own. Seek help. Get help. Talk to people. Don't try and take the journey on your own because that was probably one of the biggest issues that I had throughout my 20s was trying to go on that journey and trying to get myself out of it. And you're just not equipped. You're not equipped to do it a lot of the time because your head's just not in the right, in the right space for it. I've always been a very self-aware person. I'm more self-aware than I, now than, than I ever have been. But, yeah, you've just... You've just got to talk to people and you've got to find those people, uh, whether it be a psychologist, whether it be a friend, whether it be somebody else that has walked that line before you. Either way, uh, find somebody and have that conversation and uh, don't be afraid to have that conversation. And if you have that conversation with someone and you're not getting a response that you want or need from them, don't expect that that is going to be the response you're going to get from everybody else. Have the conversation with somebody else until you find 
find that person that can help you get through those struggles and those tough times because it's well worth it. It's well worth getting through those struggles and tough times because, yeah, you, you'll end up in a much better place. I am. And not just because you married me. <laughs> but that was, so no. well, that was so beautifully spoken. I mean, how fucked is this ridiculous stigma that people that want to take their own life are taking the easy way out? And I think and hope that we are progressing with that. And I like it when people can so freely speak about you know, the journey that they've yeah. had. And a lot of people, like, people have had a lot tougher journey than what I have. For like, sure. and that's the thing. So I don't, you know, I don't that's put my journey as being mm. the, you It's know, all relative though, yeah, isn't it? it is all relative. So, you know, my hat goes off to people who are confident and game enough now to put their hand up and say, hey, I've got a problem because that's actually the toughest thing in the world to do, but it will be the best thing you've ever done. And I love that. And if you do have a problem, like Justin said, help is always available. And we are so sympathetic to people going through struggles, but so happy to hear that you are on the other side of that. And on that note, 10 years time, who do you think you'll be? Oh, in 10 years time from now. You don't um, need to remind me of how old you'll be, but uh, <laughs> who do you think you'll be? Who do I think I'll be? Um, you know what? I don't know. I, I think I'll be the same person. I think I will be. I don't think I will change as a person. Career-wise, I'd like to think that um, I've experienced you know, some new experiences, uh, you know, I'd love to do some more work over in LA and in the States or even anywhere internationally and, you know, take my show on the road as, to, as they say. Can but I come? Depends. <laughs> Are you going to bring it down or down like you do with, <laughs> with fishing and, and gambling? Hey, I'll make your next birthday great, okay? Your 50 is going to be a hoot. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I guess, um, yeah, I guess being over, you know, spending a bit more time over in America because, you know, you and I, is one of the things we have in common. We both absolutely love uh, LA. Uh, it's our second home and so I'd like to spend a bit more time there. And personally? Personally, you know, we'll hopefully have a, a you know, a, a healthy child and, uh, you know, and a, a happy marriage and, uh, you know, if not... Hopefully I haven't lost everything in the divorce. <laughs> well, you are a gambling man, so <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in to Talk 30 to Me. I'm Christy Hayes, joined by my gorgeous husband, Justin Coombs-Pierce. We'll catch you next week. This podcast is produced by Just In Case Entertainment. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.